0: Hey, Teresa, on this episode, people should only listen to this on Macs. Why? Because I don't do Windows, it's Schmanners. <laughs> That was a terrible <laughs> it, was, it was not good. Hi. Well, uh, you're listening to Schraner. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy.
1: And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. You're listening to Schraner's. It's extraordinary etiquette. For
0: ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. You know, they can't. I'm not all the jokes. <laughs> are good. Like, it's weird. It's weird. To say, like, I'm going to start every episode with a bad joke, but some jokes are just bad. Really bad. (laughs) Some jokes. Listen, it's hard. I sit down sometimes and the joke's there. You know, I sit down (laughs) and the joke's there. Sometimes, sit down and the joke is not there. All right. You know, and that's life. That's life sometimes.
1: How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I think that maybe we chose this episode a little...
0: We were very Wait, tired.
1: No, the thing is I think I chose it in kind of being hopeful for spring and yet It's a little springy outside. It snowed yesterday. It's a little springy <laughs> outside. Here in Ohio, we have the reputation of uh of the winter dredging on for literally a Yeah, we
0: we have here in Ohio like twelve seasons. <laughs> because we also have you have I would say, we ha- let's say we have eight seasons, right? Because you have winter, summer, spring, fall, right? But you also have, like, wing and, <laughs> and sprinter, right? Where you have these weird crossover seasons. Like, you got sprummer, and you have sol, and uh, you know what I mean, fummer. Fummer's better, <laughs> fummer. right? Or it's just like, you'll have, like, two or three days where you're like, ah, it's spring. And then it'll snow three inches. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, man. But that's where we're at. And and so there is a solid, I would say, hour today where I think we could, like, have the windows open and not freeze to death. Right. So uh, in honor of spring, we wanted to talk about spring cleaning. And and we, we have, uh, uh, not surprisingly to me, a lot of questions were sent in for this episode because this has been, for me, a thing that has, my entire life, had so many questions about it. Now, even as an adult, I don't know what the, like, manners and etiquette is because I remember being a kid and my parents would tell me like hey we have friends coming over clean your room and I would always think your friends aren't going to go in my room what, what are you talking about your friends are adults they don't want to check out my transformers what are you talking about mom and really it was because she wanted the house to be clean now as an adult I do realize especially now that I have an office and I work from home my productivity increases exponentially when and when my office is clean, right? And like, and I am not an inherently clean person. This surprises no one who knows me. <laughs> but I will say, like, coming home from being a like when we go on tour and the three, you know, you, me, and BB leave and come home, and the house is clean. It feels nicer. Yes. To come back to a clean house when you wake up in the morning and your house is clean, I think it starts your day off better. Mm-hmm. There, I think there are tangible uh, uh, benefits to having a clean house not just associated with like cleanliness and hygiene but also like in attitude and and productivity and that kind of thing. Right. But still like don't like to clean. And so yeah, we wanted to talk about uh, uh cle- clean cleaning. And it's it's weird, right? Because cleaning to me is cleaning an etiquette thing it is. Right? I mean, it
1: definitely is. There are objects of of cleaning, parts of cleaning. That are included in etiquette. Uh, first, a little, a little background on the reason why spring cleaning is a little bit more of a, of a universal thing. So when people uh, would hunker down for the winter, um, and this was obviously before the time of electricity, they probably heated their homes with coal or oil or wood. Right? Oh, so you get a lot of soot. You get a lot of soot. You get a lot of dust in the air. And because you were trying to... And even lighting things with candles makes soot. Yeah. Um And you were trying to keep the heat in the home. It was pretty much like shut, right? So there wasn't any way for all of this, this smoke and stuff to get out. So on the first warm spring day... People would open up their homes and clean the whole place down because they weren't, you know, struggling to heat it. It was a warmer time. So they would take everything out of the house, all the furniture, all of the chests of drawers or whatever, and you would wipe all that down outside, leave it in the sun, a little bit of, a, you know, disinfectant. natural disinfectant. Yeah. Get everything aired out um, and, you know, wash down the walls, pull out – if you had, like, a straw floor, you would sweep that all out, replace it, all that kind of stuff.
0: What I love about this, because we so rarely run into this when we talk about the history of things, is that, that it seems still so universal. Because, like, we were talking about this earlier, and I had said that, like, my – like, spring cleaning, the concept of it makes sense to me, right, because – when I think about spring cleaning, it's stuff like cleaning out a garage or an attic or a closet. It's not just like wiping up the counter, well, right? Well,
1: certainly, because that stuff had been like closed away for a right. while. Right,
0: and so that idea of like if I'm going to carry stuff out, uh, you know, to the to the curb to throw stuff away or if I'm going to be somewhere that's maybe like an attic or a garage or something where it's like not as insulated, mm-hmm. right? I want to do that when it's nice. I also think there's something about the sun shining that makes you feel a little bit more motivated on a nice Certainly. day i feel more inclined to like take care of things than if it's like gray and white and gross
1: outside absolutely and i think that um spring cleaning is kind of like the the deep clean right um it's but not just
0: house cleaning it's, it's not like
1: just house cleaning Gooding,
0: you know it's decluttering it's it's the rebirth, the renew of your home, <laughs> like
1: the tulip breaking
0: through the snow.
1: But it is a kind of middle-class thing. Huh. There there once, can you believe it, there once were homes that employed servants.
0: I No, I can, yeah, I can <laughs> believe it. We've watched Down Abbey. We've watched another period. I know that these things exist.
1: So I'd like to go through a little bit of some historical background regarding servants. Um, in fact, one of my favorite recipe books, uh, Julia Child's recipe book, was at the the first page talks about how this is a recipe for the servantless housewife.
0: Uh huh. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing, right? We're it's tough, right, when we talk about servants i'm not keen on that word it feels very loaded right because it makes me think of three different things one indentured servitude
1: or slavery right right and so not cool
0: no bad on on all the levels I was gonna say so all the levels right because then it's somebody doing work not being compensated then there is i would say the kind of middle ground between the third kind but the kind of servants that I think about on like Downton Abbey and these historical professional, periods. right? But they still weren't servants. paid great. Conditions were terrible, um, and you know they they really didn't get lives of their own outside of serving. They the were family. still
1: second class citizens, right?
0: And then the third kind that I think of the more modern now, where it's people who it just is like their job to right. like clean house or nanny or whatever drivers you know the Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that now they get paid well living wage their lives are their own and it's weird to think about that and called that kind of profession servants because they're not really but they're doing the jobs that i would think of as like that you know turn of the century sir you know what i mean so it's weird to talk about that in the modern day because there are maid services and cleaning services and Child care services and stuff.
1: Right. And certainly at this point, with all of our modern conveniences, uh, this kind of uh, domestic work is a lot easier. Domestic work. That's a better way of putting it. Yes. Um, You know, we have vacuum cleaners and dishwashers and laundry machines and, and, a long time ago, all of that was somebody's job. Like there was a person who was the vacuum cleaner. They would take the rugs out and beat them or even like scrub them while on the floor and, and, you know, things like that. Um, But there is a kind of hierarchy to historically speaking uh, the servant in the home. And the, the highest of these servants... Was the butler. And even now there are there are lots of homes across the U.S. and and the U.K. that still employ a butler. Although at this point it's more about someone who is a household manager. Yes. They might also manage like the budget. For yes. the home. Uh, they might also or be a party planner. A real um, Belvedere. <laughs> they might also be the chauffeur. They might also be uh, the the caretaker of the grounds. Things like that. Um, so a lot of things nowadays have become condensed. But once again,
0: working conditions are much different than they yes. were in like 1901.
1: So the word butler comes from the old French, Boutaier. Um, one more time? Boutaier. Uh-huh. I
0: know, I just like to hear you say French stuff. Go on.
1: Uh, which pretty much means cup bearer, or one in charge of the bottles. Okay. Um, and that comes from the Latin, baticula. Uh, uh, which means the rabbit that no. sucks the juice up. No, no. that's is, oh
0: sorry, that's Which is
1: of. cask, right? Uh, which has the oh, English like word a of, of butt. Lo- yes, okay. Yeah, you've got it. Um, so, butt is an English word given to a large wooden <laughs> container for liquid. Uh huh. So
0: also a bottom.
1: In the medieval period,
0: and we're moving past that,
1: (laughs) your cellar would have contained butts or wooden casks instead of glass bottles. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the word butlery, like all of we see how the word is kind of morphing, would have been to do with the place for storing the butts. And later, this word was extended to mean somewhere in general where people, where things were stored. Um, and then it becomes the person who is in charge of the things that are stored here, the butler. Okay.
0: Yes. That all tracks. I'm all with of it. you.
1: All of it tracks. Um, and then, so traditionally, butlers were male. Um, although at this point, even. The Kensington Palace, uh, home of the the Queen during her work days, um, employs also female butlers. A lot of these, specifically royal households, had had so many people in them. Like one person was in charge of one job, um, that it it was it was kind of ridiculous in a way. Um,
0: Especially when you're talking about royal households, where literally the money is coming. From like taxes and people in the in the kingdom and stuff, right?
1: Exactly. Um, one really radical reorganization happened uh, under Queen Victoria. I like her. She was uh, is said astonished to discover that she needed to ask two separate people to make her a fire. Lord Steward's department could lay it and um while the only the lord chamberlain's men could light it. What? Right. Um so then she put Prince Albert in charge of kind of a a, a great shakeup of the household where he removed a lot of the the bloated corrupt excesses.
0: We've talked about them before, by the way. Mm-hmm. I really sincerely think that like so Not a lot of people, like, especially people in, like, the royalty, liked Prince Albert because he was, like, a foreigner who had come from Germany, and a lot of people were like, oh, he's not really the king or whatever. I think Queen Victoria played up to that and was like, I don't like this. People already don't like you, so I need you to be the one to, like, fire people and stuff because I need them to keep liking me. Thanks so much, Al. And Albert was like, I'm on it. You got it. No problem.
1: We may never know, but... It did. It did really help um, this kind of idea of the the royal excesses. And this being is great because it's not just about
0: the people who cleaned, but literally like cleaning house. Yeah. Of Albert, like cleaning house and being like, "All right, you're out. You're out. What do you do? No, get out." <laughs> and that's the thing is, like, we're gonna answer questions here in a second, but I do think it's interesting the speed at which cleaning as a concept and as an etiquette concept has changed has really been in like in the last century so rapid right we talked about like vacuum cleaners and dishwashers and this just in the last like 30 years the expectation of like how much time quote unquote the lady of the house was expected to spend cleaning Mm -hmm. and like how that has changed And I think one of the things that often kind of gets us frustrated as human beings existing in the world today is still having this expectation of like, I should be cleaning or like, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. It's one of those things where I often feel like it is a constant battle of cleaning, right? It
1: is. It is a constant battle because, you know, we're always doing stuff. You gotta you gotta keep wearing clothes. Right. You gotta keep eating food. Yep. Uh you gotta keep uh using the toilet.
0: You know, one of the things All that of I that think, stuff
1: you have as a human, we make messes.
0: One of the things that I think our like specifically mine and Teresa's generation doesn't do that our parents did, because both of our parents share this there was a room in the house that was kept off limits to like hanging out in and playing in right? for company, right? Like the sitting room, mm-hmm. we don't do that. And I, most of my friends and our friends don't do that. And so I think that's another thing that we have set up for ourselves is like, when we talk about like, do we want to have people over tonight? We have to make the decision of like, no, because I don't want to <laughs> clean, right? And so like, I think that's another thing is like, It's weird because, like, I think there's a certain level of clean that you should be at to operate day to day as a human being. You should
1: try to be at. But
0: then there is a certain level of, like, what we called in my house company clean that, like, you hold to yourself. Because that's the thing, right? When we're talking about friends coming over, I have been over to people's houses. I don't walk into their house and immediately, like, you know, do, like, a Terminator scan around the room Mm -hmm. judging how clean their house is. But I always worry about people doing that when they come over to our house. And I think that there's a certain amount of like lean leeway you need to give yourself. Right. Nowadays. As far
1: as like company clean, I expect when I walk into someone's home that it not be sticky. Really? Yes. And and, that... and
0: also to change one letter there, stinky.
1: Stinky. Sticky and stinky. A little bit of clutter, whatever. A little bit of dust. Okay, But I don't want it to be sticky or stinky.
0: It also helps if I don't have to pick up big piles of clothes and paper off the couch to sit down. But that's just, (laughs) don't be a hoarder, you know. Um, But I think, yeah, in general, I think that we're a little bit more relaxed these days than we were 30, 40, 50 years ago. Because we do a lot more, you know, because we don't expect one person... In the house to stay home all day and just clean all day, right? And so, like it, I think that we just need to recalibrate our clean meter. And we're going to talk more about that in questions. But first, some thank you notes. Real quick, before we get to our thank you notes, uh, we have a quick promo for our upcoming Max Fun Drive. My name is Amanda and I love Schmanners. Hi, I'm Susie and I love We Got
1: This. Schmanners is everything your mama wanted to teach you but you never wanted to learn.
0: We Got This is two really good friends debating the most inconsequential of topics and yet making it sound like the
1: most important thing of the day. Why I'm becoming a Max Fund donor is... I enjoy the content that is already there. I want to have access to what else I could learn. You have such amazing podcasts. You have so many that cover so many different topics. Oh, I just want to praise Maximum Fun to the to the skies. These are listeners just like you, and they support We Got This and Schmanners with a MaxFun membership. The 2018 MaxFun Drive is April 2nd through 13th, and if you want to support your favorite shows too, it's the best time to sign up or upgrade your membership. Just tune in starting April 2nd, and we'll give you all the details.
0: And our first thing you know, here goes to Amanda for all the nice things uh you had to say about Schmanners and thank you to everyone else who supports Schmanners as a Max Fund donor. Um, more information about Max Fund Drive at the end of the episode, but first Teresa, who is sponsoring our show this week that we need to thank.
1: Schmanners is sponsored in part by Sunbasket. Thank you, Sunbasket. Um We have received several Sun Baskets and we very much enjoy how convenient Mm -hmm. it makes it to cook healthy and delicious meals at home. Um, One of the awesome things about Sun Basket is there is a plethora of choice with 18 weekly recipes to choose from which can include paleo, gluten free, lean and clean, vegan, Mediterranean, family options, more. Um, It's really great because I like that when they pack up the ingredients for the meals they've sent you, they're all contained. There's just like a bag per meal. I can stack them in the fridge or freezer and they're ready to go. I pull it all out. And it's a great way to make, like I said, convenient clean delicious home
0: well and one of the things I really love about like the the meal subscription box services and is that one of the th- and i and i don't think people talk about this aspect enough it's great it's very convenient cuz all the ingredients are right there in the box mm-hmm. but it also helps alleviate if you're like me a little bit of the choice that goes into like dinner
1: yeah right? like the the fog of what are we going to have for dinner right
0: because sometimes you have so many separate elements of like well we have chicken and we have this and we have the as opposed to just being able to say the title of a complete <laughs> meal like we are going to have blank with blank and blank and you're like yeah cool and like so it really it it gives you a wide variety of choice while not having to make you choose every day what you're gonna have for dinner
1: Uh, or breakfast
0: you know or or lunch or whatever
1: whatever so go to sunbasket.com slash manners today to learn some more and for our listeners you can get 35 dollars off your first order So go to sunbasket.com slash schmanners for that $35 off. One more time, sunbasket.com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S.
0: I also want to tell you this week about Quip. I'm a big fan of Quip. Um, Listen, I in the past have not taken good enough care of my teeth. There. I said it. Is that what you want me to say? Yes, I could have taken better care of my teeth when I was a child, but I didn't know. And then I became an adult and I put away such childish things and I switched (laughs) them for Quip. Quip is a new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations to a slimmer design and a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. Really, this thing, it's, I would say, like 2% bigger than a regular what you would think of as a regular toothbrush
1: which makes it great for travel. When yes. when we do live shows and stuff, I always take it because it's so conveniently small and it's an electric brush.
0: And before we got Quip, we had another electric toothbrush that frankly felt like a jackhammer in my mouth. <laughs> and Quip is the perfect combination of like traditional toothbrush and electric toothbrush. I, and it's got, you know, little things like pulses to let you know when it's time to, like, switch sides and how long you've done it. Um, And it comes with a suction cup mirror mount, which sounds like a luxury, but I never knew how much I appreciated knowing where it, it doesn't take up counter space. And it, if you are just laying your toothbrush down after just using it, right, and it's just sitting in a little pool of its own juices, gross. <laughs> so, the suction cup mount, the pulses, all of it, and... They offer a subscription plan that delivers new brush heads every three months for just $5, and that includes free shipping worldwide. So Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash schmanners. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P. Dot com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Go check out Quip now. Hey everyone, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos. Here to tell you about Story Break, a Writer's Room podcast where every week we, the Hollywood geniuses behind video game high school, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Thrill as we weave the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. We're going to double down on everything that made the prequels great. Yeah. Jar Jar, <laughs> trade <laughs> Federation, <laughs> politics. Gasp as we assemble a pantheon of heroes for the Kellogg Cinematic Universe. We could get rid of Snap Crackle, Pop, I will not even miss them. You're crazy. They die in the second. Oh, come on. <laughs> and join us as we make fun of Matt as he struggles to name a single Beyonce song. Well, yeah, put a finger on it. Sure, she wants to be Beyonce. Put a um, finger on it. Beyonce's <laughs> the famous song. Will we break the story? Or will the story break us? Find out by joining us in the writer's room every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, as I said... We got a lot of questions about cleaning. This this first one comes from Natalie, who asks best tips on how to make cleaning fun slash get motivation to clean.
1: I think that uh, one of the things I learned from my mom is she was like, set a timer. Try and beat your record. Make it so that, you know, um, see how fast you can empty that dishwasher.
0: I I also, I really love completing things, right? There's something very... um, um,
1: Satisfying. Yeah,
0: right? Like, I, I don't like cleaning one thing in a room. Like, for example, if we're talking about the kitchen. If I wipe down the counters, but, like, there's still, you know, grime on the, like, stovetop, it just doesn't feel done. So I like to do, like, a room at a time. You know, like I do the whole kitchen, I do the whole living room, I do my office. Instead of just doing one thing in each room, you know, going around, I like to do or like do all the laundry, you know, mark it off the list. It's done. That's very motivating for me.
1: One of the things that's also motivating as you were talking about lists is making a list of every individual task. And as you complete that task, Cross it off. So like if the task is collect all of the dirty dishes. So you collect them. That's a check. The next one is put those dirty dishes in the dishwasher. That's a check, you know, and you can make it so that you feel very accomplished with all these tiny things and you're getting stuff done. Also, music and podcasts. Oh, music and podcasts. I love listening uh, to podcasts while I clean.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just uh, And take it from me, Travis, the ADD spokesperson. It helps tune out that part of your brain that's thinking about how much time something is taking or the other things you could be doing if you are also like, playing a TV show you've seen a dozen times in the background or listening to podcasts or music. Give you know that distractible part of your brain something to be distracted by and then clean. Also, you ask about making it fun. It is a chore, it is. <laughs> and so I think that that's something that I have had to get over, right? Because both in my childhood and then in my adulthood and whether it was roommates or parents or spouse, Having to say, like, me, for a long time, my response for, like, you walked in the room, you saw that this needed to be done, and you didn't do it. And if I'm being honest, my response was, but I didn't want to. <laughs> it's like, well, Yeah.
1: Duh! But like
0: sometimes you have to do stuff. It's not always going to be fun, but sometimes the fun comes from knowing it's done. You
1: don't have to worry about it. The little things that you do every day can take time off of your big cleaning session. So if you keep up with the dirty dishes always putting them in the dishwasher instead of the multi-step process of to the sink, then the dishwasher, then it, it'll it be done so much faster and you won't have to spend so much time doing it.
0: That was one of, the, one of the biggest things about being an adult. And this goes for cleaning or taxes or saving money or doctors or whatever. Is I always wanted somebody when I was done to like throw me a parade. <laughs> right. I wanted some kind of acknowledgement of like hey you didn't have to clean the kitchen but you cleaned the kitchen you're a hero i
1: usually thank you though no
0: you don't but i want like ticker tape you know what i mean? I see and that just doesn't happen and and not everything is fun sometimes you do stuff because you have to do it and then you get to do fun stuff afterwards because you have done the things you had to do uh this question is from kyle i have too much stuff when going through everything i have what are the best, best practices when determining whether something is good enough to donate or whether it should just be trashed?
1: Um, if it is stained or broken, it's just trash. Um, I would also leave that for things that are probably, I'm going by retail value here, right? So if you have, let's say, okay, I, when I go to the thrift store, I see shelves and shelves and shelves of glassware okay if you have one cup of a set of glassware don't donate that that's trash because when you donate it it's going to sit there as that one cup forever I would never go and buy just one cup I want a set of things so if it if the retail value for it is no one is ever going to buy this (laughs) Right. Uh, or or use it in that way. I wouldn't donate it to a thrift store. Um, you may find that there are things that are like that. Uh, extra cleaning supplies, personal care items, things like that that you don't use if you've, I don't know. Maybe you you went to try some new shampoos and you only used it once. There are places you can donate those types of things.
0: Shelters take that a lot. Yeah, that kind of thing.
1: Uh, not only shelters for people, but also animal shelters will sometimes take products like depending that. Depending on what they are, yeah. Depending on what they are. Um, so those sorts of things, you can find one place to donate them. And then the other sort of household goods... Like I said, if they are in good working order and they're not stained or broken, you have, you have the complete setness of it. Go ahead and donate that. The rest of it is trash.
0: I, I think in general, Kyle, if you are having to convince yourself that something should be donated... You probably know it. But, like, I get that feeling, right? That feeling of, like, I hate to throw this away. Of course you do. That's why you have it.
1: (laughs) That's why you still
0: have that piece of junk. Um, Also, keep in mind that along with um, shelters and charities and, and thrift stores, there are other places. So, for example, theaters, you know, like maybe you don't have a complete set of chairs. You have, like, one of the chairs, that might be something a theater wants you know what I mean like it's just in general I know that from working at the theater I worked at I loved when people donated furniture to us or like weird items that maybe no one would ever buy that weird gothic candlestick holder but it works perfect for this you know so just something now that doesn't mean you roll up to the theater hand them a box of garbage and you say (laughs) there you go but reach out to the theater email and say like hey I have this do you want it and maybe they do, maybe they don't. You might also be able to find like I know here in Cincinnati, there's the restore and like building mm-hmm. value.
1: These are things that are attached to things like habitat for humanity right. and stuff.
0: And so they specifically take like doorknobs and like uh fixtures, right? Right. So like specific things that maybe aren't like thrift store pieces, but it's like I have a box of hinges that I want to get rid of. Okay, cool. Building value might take it. Great. Um this question is from at Hidden Hedgepig. What's a good strategy for cleaning around roommates with opposing schedules?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I think that if you can do it, are we talking about, I'm just going to assume that we're talking about opposing schedules as in like I work the day shift and he works the night shift. Um, I would suggest that you keep the noise down. Um, and like we said earlier, tidy as you go. So instead of like, I'm going to dedicate the next two hours to cleaning y- y- this way, you won't have to worry about your roommate who works the night shift. Um, you're doing things little bit at a time in small doses.
0: Also, I will say, cause we've had to get good at this with a baby with an early bedtime now, do the louder things first, you know, like if you need to vacuum, do that before you dust You know what I mean? Well, don't. Okay. Teresa, don't don't dust because then you just dust the dust onto the ground. Exactly. But um, (laughs) if you need to vacuum, do that before wiping down the counter or something. No, no, that's bad too. Gosh, darn it. Um, Change the light bulb. (laughs) (laughs) But do the louder things first, right? Get those out of the way. Um, And to go into the next question, because I think that these are connected, Becky asks, do you think it's best to clean personal communal spaces first when you live with roommates or family? I think with both of these, uh, as a person who I I think has only lived alone for about six months out of my entire 34 years of life, one of the biggest keys to both of these questions is communication, Mm -hmm. right? Communicate your expectations. Um, you know, talk to your roommate and say like, hey, I was planning on doing some cleaning today. I know you need to sleep during the day. Is there a good time to do it? Sure. Right. And I think the same with the communal spaces. One of the things you have to be really careful about, Becky, and I think that this is important, especially with roommates, but I think living with anyone, if you are doing it and you wish that the other people would help you clean that communal space, but you haven't said to them, Hey, I want you to take turns doing this with me. Mm-hmm. It's really easy for people to take for granted that you're going to clean that space. You right. know, if you're cleaning the kitchen every And week.
1: it's easy to build up animosity uh, among the people in your home.
0: Yeah. So I think the key to cleaning communal spaces is doing it on rotation. And like if it's your mess, you know, if you make the mess and like you like made a big meal in the kitchen, don't be like, but it's Tim's turn to clean the kitchen. You made the big mess making a meal for yourself. Don't leave that for Tim to clean. But if it's like cleaning the living room, there's four of us. So I do it in week one. You do it in week two. You do it. Yeah. But that, I sure, think, sure, sure. I think that that's you got to establish some kind of rotation. Um, Let's see. This is from uh, Nicole. How do I maintain a high standard of cleanliness with house guests? Whenever I have people stay for a few days, I always feel weird about cleaning around them. But dust waits for no man. Can I just get on with it in my spare time or should I wait until they leave?
1: Uh, Miss Manners suggests that if it's not a big mess like a spill or or um, or a, I don't know, like a, a clogged toilet or something. If it's if it's not an immediate concern, it should wait until your guests are out of the house, either like for the day or um, gone, or you could, I suppose, do it while they're sleeping if you're quiet. Uh, but the there's kind of a, a twofold reason for this. One of this is the act of cleaning takes you away from your guests, and unless it is like super extended stay, it can wait two or three days. Um, and the second reason is... If you are following your guests around, cleaning up after them, it doesn't create a very welcoming environment. Yeah,
0: it really sends a message of like, you are in my way and Mm -hmm. you are ruining my house. You are an
1: imposition.
0: Also, because uh, it could send the message, too, of like, you should be doing that or you should be helping or you should, you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to just like. I'll take care of that later. Right now, I just want to spend time with you. And like
1: I said, if it's an extended stay, I think that you are perfectly within your rights to say something like, um, you're going to be here for a month, so uh, I would like you to help participate in clearing the table or um, you're responsible for bringing your own dirty laundry down. I'm happy to add it to my clothing uh, to, to wash it, but... You need to take it down to the washing machine. Things like that. For an extended stay, absolutely. As long as it's all out on the table, what it is you expect of your guest. um, And what, you know, maybe you say, I vacuum this room twice a week. So please keep your things up in the room I've provided at those times.
0: Um, I've got a couple very specific questions here that will be. I think quick to answer. All right. This first one's from blue. Rapid fire section. Any tips on how to stay focused while cleaning? I'll be cleaning my dorm and then find something fun, yo-yo, Nintendo DS, comic books, etc. and then waste waste time with said things. How can I keep myself from doing this? So, here's my uh, here's my tactic. When I find something like that or something that's interesting to me, if it's small enough, I put it in my pocket. Uh, but if it's a little bigger than that, I make like a pile of stuff that's like Kind of like building my reward pile mm. of like when I am done cleaning, I'm going to play with these things, right? Or like I have a drawer here in my office that's like, these are my interesting things. Because really, if you're being honest, Blue, it's not that those things are so super fun. It's
1: that they're more fun than cleaning. Right? <laughs> and so,
0: yes, it's easy to get distracted when you're doing a thing you don't want to do.
1: My advice is do the big thing big things first so if it's a bedroom make the bed first then clean off the floor um, and then do the surfaces because you are a lot more likely to you know get stuck on the things on your desk or your nightstand or things like that because those are the things that you like then you are getting stuck on picking clothes off the floor
0: right and uh to follow that up ollie asked what's the most efficient way to clean house i would say for me what i like to do is i like to make piles of things and consolidate so like for example if i'm going cleaning my office right and i have many different surfaces i go to each surface and take care of like trash, dishes, you know, the stuff that has Mm -hmm. a place to go, and then the things that have, like, well, I need to find a place for this, the stuff that would be very easy to get lost in, like, well, now I'm reorganizing my bookshelf, but in that I found this envelope, so now I'm going through all my... Put those things in stacks and then take care of them one by one instead of starting a bunch of jobs and not finishing anything.
1: I think that's a great idea. Um, And like I said, the big things first really help. Um, so Clothes especially. I find, clothes yeah. especially. Uh, if you're going to, I would say that um, if you're going to tackle room by room, start with the big things. Like I said, the bedroom, uh, wh- you would either strip the bed or you would make the bed and then you would do the floor where you would either take care of the dirty laundry or put your shoes away or like things like that.
0: And I, you know, I got this a lot wrong earlier, but <laughs> I also suggest working, if you're like cleaning off services, work highest to lowest.
1: That's right. Top down.
0: So, yeah. So like wipe off your counters before you vacuum or mop your floor and, you know, clean off the tables before you do the floor. And if you're going to like clean off the top of cabinets, do that before you do the countertops, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, this question is from Birdney. Uh, my SO and I are planning on replacing our mattress soon. Where the heck does the old one go? It's old enough that I can't donate it.
1: It uh, goes to the trash, but you'll need to call your local municipality trash collection service and get um, probably a special pickup.
0: You also want to go to a hardware store. You can order them on Amazon and get a mattress bag that's seals, so that you can tape closed because they won't take it otherwise because they don't want to risk uh, problems with like bed bugs and, you know, just in general, it's an old mattress Hygiene full of your skin this. cells. Um, so tape it shut, call ahead, make a special pickup, um, and then put it out by the curtain. Um, One last question. This is from Anna. What's the best way to have a clean house when you have a busy schedule?
1: I think, again, it's about tidying as you go. Uh, Don't make big messes and then there won't be big messes. Um, Get in the... This is something that Travis and I have been working on in our adult lives together. Um, I have a problem of when I, like, assemble a meal, I would take everything out and kind of, like, leave those things out when I was done with the meal. And it's something where I have to consciously think... When I am done with the butter, the butter goes back in the fridge, so that I don't I don't leave a big mess after I've made my things. Travis, in a similar fashion, if he brings things to his office, has to constant has to think about. I have a desk full of dishes. I need to go and put those away as I use them.
0: Correct. And once again, to go along with what I've been saying this whole time about completing things, I also have uh, sometimes. My bad habit is the lowest, like, lowest resistance. So, like, I will walk a dish to the kitchen and set it on the counter above the dishwasher. And even when the dishwasher's dirty, I just open the dishwasher, put it in. Oh, no, that's three steps. I just want the one step. (laughs) Right? So do a little bit at a time.
1: Consciously. A little bit at a time. And that's the thing. I
0: also, once again, and this is good advice for everyone, let yourself off the hook a little. Right? Because when you have a busy schedule... So I think I've talked about this before on the show, but there is, whenever I think about things, I think about quadrants of important, not important, mm-hmm. urgent, not urgent, yeah. right? And if you are, say, like in real like crunch time for work or getting ready for finals or you've just had a baby or you are sick or whatever, right? It is okay if the thing that, that slides a little bit is like keeping your kitchen clean. You then just have to pick that back up later, Mm -hmm. right? But I think it's one of the things it's really easy to get down on yourself for not being able to accomplish everything you need to accomplish in a short amount of time. There's only so much time in the day. And the worst, what you don't wanna do to make up for that limited resource is burn like your mental well-being or your energy or those kinds of things. You know, let yourself off the hook a little bit and say, that's why I like to do lists because I can say, well, I've got a lot I have to do Monday and Tuesday. So I'll put cleaning on Wednesday and Thursday, because otherwise I'll do the thing I need to do Monday. But keep thinking, but I haven't cleaned. I feel so bad that I haven't cleaned. It's okay. It's okay. Do it when you can do it. Uh, And I think that's going to do it for us before we let you go. Hey, stick around. This is important. Coming up is the max fun drive um what's the max fun drive you ask well it's your chance to support the shows you love on max fun plus you get rewarded for it and we're talking like tangible rewards uh, for new and upgrading donors, there's lots of things, including like pens and uh, a cookbook and lots of different things that we'll talk about. But also bonus content, tons and tons and tons and tons and hours and hours and hours of bonus content. And that's for new, upgrading and existing donors. We put out an episode uh, of bonus content for this show that I really, really loved doing. Um, we just recorded some for the Adventure Zone that was super fun. Um, and the uh, Max Fund Drive is going to start April second and run for two weeks, and it's your chance to support our shows. And there will be lots more information about it, all that stuff. But we just want to let you know that it's coming up. We're so excited about it. It's it's honest to, to goodness my my like favorite time of the year in podcasting because it's a chance for us to one say thank you for supporting the show, and two talk about our show a lot, and three. <laughs> Um, put out a bunch of extra content for you. So uh, you can look forward to that. Also, I'm going to be in Chicago. Uh, well, actually, we're going to be in Chicago, Teresa and I. Um, yes, we are. Uh, April 6th through 8th at C2E2. Uh, we're doing live show and panel and a couple signings. And you can find out all those details and get tickets at bit.ly slash Travis C2E2. All that is lowercase. Uh, And also, Schmanners is going to be performing at Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas on April 18th. Um, You can get tickets to that at bit.ly slash moontowerschmanners. And also, My Brother, My Brother, and Me and The Adventure Zone are going on tour. We have tour dates from April to September. You can find out all about those and get tickets at mackleroyshows.com slash tours. Woo! We also want to say thank you to MaximumFun.org for hosting us and a bevy of other wonderful shows that you should go check out. They're all great. Uh, I don't know. Who else do we normally say thank you to?
1: As usual, thank you to Brent Brentlefloss Black for writing our theme song. That music is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Check out her portfolio. It's fabulous. Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for the banner art for the banner photo for the fan run facebook group schmanners fanners please join that there's a lot of really great polite people on there who are happy to help you with your queries um and then also uh please rate review and subscribe to us on itunes tell your friends check out our twitter feed schmanners cast um and you can submit your uh your topic suggestions to schmannerscast at gmail.com.
0: And that's going to do it for us. You've been listening to Sh- Nope. No. Join us again next week.
1: <laughs> no RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: manners. Schmanners. Get it?